Alright guys, welcome to another exciting episode. Uh, last night we just had the season premiere of uh, Monday Night Raw, the new Monday Night Raw. You know, this is after the draft, the shake-up, whatever you want to call it. Um, my thoughts is that, here's my initial statement. It'll, it'll come through later. My initial statement is that Raw, right now, is run by the heels. Everything pertaining to Monday Night Raw is all about the heels. Now, you might go, well, John, of, of course it is. That's how you move a storyline. You have the heels they dominate sorry about the truck sorry about that truck they dominate they stack the odds in their favor then the good guys come and they you know save the day or they even the odds well there are I've said this before, I think. I've at least thought it. There are far too many heels than there are baby faces. And I don't mean faces as in, you know, just like, you know, in terms of like just good guys. We don't have any heroes anymore any credible heroes um besides drew mcintyre on monday night raw we just don't and i'm gonna take you through what happened on monday night raw so monday night raw opens with the fiend and alexa bliss they're in the middle of the ring they're just staring posing or whatever then Retribution comes out. So Retribution staring at the fiend. Then he disappears. Okay. So now here comes Retribution's opponents for the night. The Hurt Business. Now in this one segment. One segment right here. You have the fiend. A heel. He's still a heel, guys. He hasn't officially turned into a good guy yet. He hasn't done anything good. He is still a heel. Interacting with the Hurt Business. I mean, uh, uh, Retribution. Which is a heel faction. These aren't good guys. They've destroyed the ring. They've attacked personnel. They've attacked wrestlers. They've attacked security guards. They've destroyed property. These are the heels in the story. And once I saw the fiend interacting with Retribution at first, I said, oh no, don't. These two things should not be interacting at all. Their paths should not be crossing. We want to get Retribution over as a 
top heel group. But that's not what happens. So then what happens at the end of the match? Though um Fiend comes back out, attacks retribution. So it's not a Nexus scenario where you know the Nexus attacked everyone. They attack Cena. They attack Bret Hart. They attack Vince McMahon. And then they also went for the heels. They went for the heels. They attacked Edge. They attacked Chris Jericho. And then it was this alliance of heels and babyfaces. John Cena put the team. Team WWE. This isn't about me hating you. You being a good guy. Me being a bad guy. No, no, no. This is about us defeating the greater good. Okay. So Bray attacks Retribution. Retribution was having a match with the Hurt Business. In this one instance, you have nine heels. Not one good guy. Four members of the Hurt Business. Four members of Retribution. And the Fiend. And it's like, where's the hero in the story? Bray Wyatt has not turned a a babyface yet. He's still not a good guy. He's just in his own category. Even if you took Bray Wyatt out. And you just watched this match. You say, yeah, I want, you know, the Hurt Business to, to... I, you know, you're just watching it. When it was announced, you're watching it. Like, who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the Hurt Business? Because they're not Retribution? Or are you re- rooting for Retribution? Because you're like, this is the new group. This should be the group getting over. I've got no idea. <laughs> um... AJ Styles. AJ Styles debuts a new manager. Not a manager. A bodyguard. Sorry about that. Um, this fucking tall guy. I think he was the... Um, I think he was the, the, the guy outside of... Um, the Raw Underground entrance with uh, Shane McMahon. If it's not, I apologize. But I think that was him. And it's AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle. And AJ Styles wins. AJ Styles wins. And and I get it. Listen, AJ Styles is a main event guy. You can attach someone to AJ Styles to help elevate that other guy. To get them noticed. To put eyes on him. Now I'll be honest. I never. I don't think AJ Styles has ever done a. I'm the small. Heel. With a. 
giant bodyguard gimmick. I don't think he's ever done it. Because mainly, he's been the same guy all around. He's been the phenomenal one. The only time I've seen him have a different gimmick was when I first started watching TNA. He was the Prince of Phenomenal. Which would be, he would just come in. He would just come out in his entrance. And right at the entrance would be a crown. And then he would go, whoa, look at this crown. And he'd put it on his head and he'd walk down to the ramp and take it back off to wrestle. He was the Prince of Phenomenal. Which, I really liked that gimmick. I knew nothing about AJ Styles. I was like, oh, Prince of Phenomenal. Okay, okay. I get it. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I see it. I see it. I definitely see it. But you've had guys. Well, the first one that comes to mind is um, uh, the Brian Kendrick. You know, when he came in, uh, when he came back after being a tag team guy. And uh, he was wearing the giant white blazer. He was dancing around. And he had Ezekiel Jackson as his as his heavy as his bodyguard I was like oh okay okay that's his bodyguard and stuff to, to now see AJ Styles in that role cause like I said he hasn't chased his gimmick he's the phenomenal one he proves everything in the ring when he was a part of uh, uh, Fortune it was three it was uh, of course <laughs> Of course, uh, I say fortune, and I say three as the first uh, number to come to my head. It was four guys, four TNA originals. You know, they were all equal. I mean, AJ was the leader, but it was like four equal guys. You had him in uh, Bullet Club. He was the leader. You had The Club. In WWE, the OC, he was the leader, but he never changed who he was. He was always the phenomenal AJ Styles. He was always, you know, he's a short guy. He, he he's, he's a small guy. Don't mean to say short, but he can back it up. He can be a high flyer. He can take you to the ground. He can do everything you need him to do. So, this is a new role for him. I don't think I've ever seen AJ with such a taller guy, like, as a bodyguard. AJ Styles never needed a bodyguard. He had his cliques, his groups. He never needed one guy to, you know, watch his back or anything like that, so... Let's see what they do with that. And, and of course, the first the, the season premiere, he beats Matt Riddle. Really? Did we not have any other body he could beat? In all honesty, was there no one else? What's Drew Gulak doing at this moment? Nothing? Why didn't he beat Drew Gulak? Why didn't he beat other guys? Matt Riddle is still... He, what's it been? What's it been? Three months? Two months? Since Matt Riddle came 
uh, 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 to, to the main roster. And like always, he does not feel special anymore. I said it in my, in my other episode. NXT call-ups. There are guys who come up to NXT who are built up as stars. Who are built up as you know champions and and they have this hype behind them and they're riding you know the wave of momentum and nothing happens some guys and then you know once they get called up nothing happens after a while it's just they lose interest in them and i feel that's been matt riddle now matt riddle's had you know some controversy around them but I feel you could have benched him. He did not need to be here losing to AJ Styles. You could have put someone else in that role. You could have put anybody. You could have put R-Truth. Beloved R-Truth. Just make it a non-title match. So R-Truth doesn't have to lose the, the 24-7 title. Make it a Kira Tozawa. There are plenty of other guys. Matt Riddle is still one of the newest faces on the main roster. The last thing you want to do is kill his momentum before he even really gets started. (laughs) Then this. Oh, my God. They announced this and I groaned. Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman. Now... Listen, I didn't like the fact that they had Braun Strowman and Dabakato raw underground. They hyped it up for, for, for like a week. They hyped it up. Braun Strowman versus Dabakato. This is Dabakato's home raw underground. This is his place. Who the hell is Braun Strowman coming into this guy's place? And Braun beats him. <laughs> you know, you had you had other guys. You had Ivic, uh, Ivic. I'm combining two names. You had Eric and Ivar. You had Dolph Ziggler. You had the Hurt Business. You had these guys, you know, showing up on Raw Underground. And you're like, okay, even Shayna Baszler. You had these guys coming in, doing the MMA stuff. Doing this raw fighting and, and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't care for it. But let me see. What are they doing with this? And then it became obvious. Oh, they're, they're showing you people you would know. And they're mixing in some new guys. Let's mix in uh, Dabakato. Let's show you a... a, a you, you know uh, who the hell else am I thinking of? Let's show you a different side of Riddick Moss. He's he's garbage on TV. He haven't seen much of him except interacting with the twenty four seven title. So that shows you what what they think of him right there. But I I said okay, this Dabakato, he's the biggest guy. He's the one getting the decisive wins. This is, this is all for him. 
he's the next, you know, monster. Then Braun comes and beats him. Why? I don't have a clue. Was Braun being built up as the next challenger for the world title? No, he had just lost the universal title. Is I, I <laughs> there's there's no answer. If you ask someone, why did Braun Strowman beat Dabakato? I don't think they could have an answer. So I get to my point, which was when I saw Braun versus Keith Lee, just like they announced it, I groaned because Keith Lee, like I have said, has lost his shine. Keith Lee is another guy on the roster. They changed his music. They changed what he wore, what he wears. He wears a giant shirt now. Why? What was wrong for him before? The shirt isn't going to change anything. He's fat. He's fat. We've had fat guys before. We've had sumo wrestlers before. We've had Undertaker. I mean, not Undertaker. A uh, uh, big show. You know, when he got angry, when he was in those matches, he would take off the top part of his singlet. He would pull the straps down. You would see his gut. God, for God's sakes, we had Big Daddy V. Do people not remember Big Daddy V? Some of these guys were way, way bigger than fucking Keith Lee is. But yeah, no, no, no. We got to put Keith Lee in a shirt. We've got to hide that stomach. And it's like, uh, why? Uh, Fine. Fine, fine. We'll, We'll deal with that. We'll deal with the changed music. Okay. So what do they do with him? They involve him with Drew McIntyre, which is fine. Sure. I, I, I mean, uh, Randy Orton, which is fine. Beats Randy Orton. Beats him at a pay-per-view. The uh, payback. Then starts doing something with uh, uh, Drew McIntyre. But no clean wins. No clean losses. Just fighting. Week in and week out. Fighting with Randy. Fighting with Drew. Was he going to be in the title picture? No. Was he going to challenge Drew McIntyre at Clash of Champions? No. Were they going to make it a triple threat match with him, Randy? Since since that was the story. The story was Drew McIntyre, Randy, and Keith Lee. Constantly fighting. Constantly getting in each other's way. Constantly interfering in each other's matches. No. So when I saw this, I said, this match will only work, will only work if Keith Lee beats Braun Strowman. But still, you could have built this up as a pay-per-view match. Did Braun need to face Keith Lee? No. That was the initial groan. 
the audible groan was that Braun beat Keith Lee. Beat him. Oh, but he used the low blow, John. Like, he had to cheat to beat Keith Lee. It does not matter. If you are a regular fan of WWE, if you are a fan of Keith Lee, or if you are a casual Raw viewer, you are looking at this Keith Lee and you're going, what's the hype? What's the hype? I've heard this guy was NXT champion, first dual champion. I heard he was amazing in NXT. Can't wait to see what he does. And then when he comes up to the main roster, you go, eh. I saw him at the Royal Rumble and even Brock looked at him like, whoa, who is this guy? Holy shit, look at this guy coming in. I'm not saying he should have won the WWE title. But he comes in white hot. Just like, not white hot like in terms of wins or like he gets called up and is thrust straight into the main event. Oh, for, uh, first day here, you're going to face Randy Orton and beat him. You're going to be involved with the WWE Champion. It's like, whoa. That's a great opportunity. I like that idea. Am, am I winning? You'll win one match and nothing else. It'll all be DQs from here on out, kid. So beats him. So like I said, if if you're just casual viewer, you're just like, eh, who cares? Same thing with Matt Riddle. These guys, they've had a lot of hype coming from NXT. Good matches in NXT. And then you go, okay, I heard this guy was amazing in NXT. He's good enough to get called up, obviously. And then when they're here, they fall flat. Which goes to the initial statement. Raw is run by heels. Who, who is the savior? Is it Keith Lee? Is it Matt Riddle? Because I don't see it. I don't see it. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax win a fatal four-way tag women's match. I, I, I don't know what they're doing with the tag titles. I thought the Riot Squad would have beat them. Like I said, listen. They're going the route they should go. Shayna Baszler eventually going for the Raw Women's title. I would have liked it better if... She didn't have the tag titles with her. If she doesn't have the tag titles with her and she's feuding with Asuka, you think there's a possibility that she can, uh, she'll beat Asuka and she'll take the title. There's a good chance. But she's the tag champs now. 
we just finished the whole summer of uh, Bailey Dose Straps and Two Belts Banks. Are we getting Two Belt Shayna? Two, two, um, two, two Belts Baszler? I don't think so, but it, it, it doesn't make it as credible because she has those tag titles. It doesn't make me believe that well, she'll she'll lose it or whatever. She'll she'll, I mean she'll she'll win the Raw Women's Title. She's still attached to Nia. I thought this was going to be a quick transition. Here, let's let's give it to the Riot Squad. Let the Riot Squad run that division. Let them have matches with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And I hope this was a one-off. Peyton Royce and, and Lacey Evans as a team. They broke up the Iconics. A team, an established team of former tag champs. Best friends. They broke them up. They could never team again. And then they drafted them to different shows. Oh, Peyton, uh, you're teaming with Lacey now. Why? No idea. And I honestly don't think they have an idea. Hopefully this was a one-off. For that, they should have done a triple threat tag team. What they were like, let's, you know, the fatal four-way tag team sounds better and looks better. Let's do it like that. I hope that's not a team because then what was the point? Peyton, you're good enough to be on your own. You don't need to be in a tag team. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, well, this week you are in a tag team with a new tag team partner. And it's like, what the hell, man? And then <laughs> Nia Jax puts Lana through a table for the fifth week in a row i might be i might be hurt if if i kept getting put through a table because my husband left <laughs> that's what she must be thinking shit i'm going through a table again let's see let's see what the streak is the streak <laughs> 10 i think maybe after the 10th week they'll stop but who knows i think i say they go to 10 they're at five now I'd say another five weeks, they keep putting her through the table. That's my that's my prediction. That's my prediction. Lana goes through the table ten times. We're at five. Let's see if we could keep the streak going. Okay, this has nothing to do with heels. But this part annoyed me. Miss and Morrison. Drafted to Raw. Tucker. Drafted to Raw. Tucker sees him and says, hey, I'm going to go get a tag team partner. And I said, okay, this is not interesting. But it, it made me curious. Okay, listen. Tucker isn't going to be the next U.S. champ. He's not going to be the next WWE champ. He's not going to. 
maybe he'll be the 24-7 champ. That's what I thought at first, too. I said, ah, they'll probably put him in segments for the 24-7 title. And then I said, well, what can they do with Tucker? So when he said, I'm going to get a tag team partner, I said, okay, this is it. They're going to get a new tag team for him. And he's going to do his uh, uh, different heavy machinery. A new group here on, on Raw. When this division needs more tag teams, he's going to make a new tag team. He's going to get a new partner here on Raw. Is it Drew Gulak? Is it... No idea. Drew Gulak keeps coming up in my mind, though. Because they should be doing something with him. But they choose not to. So who is it? Oh, it's... It's L... L I don't know. Fuck it. I don't even remember his name. I chose not to remember his name. El Grande Gordo or, or fucking Nacho Libre. Whatever. It was Otis. It was Otis in a mask. So, unless we're idiots. Because um, we're not. It's Otis. So, what was... Just what it was the point of separating these two? Maybe in storyline, it works out. Maybe in storyline, it all comes together. That's giving WWE way too much credit. But maybe in storyline, it all comes together where somehow Otis goes to Raw. He finds a way to get himself traded. Or Tucker comes back to SmackDown. He gets himself traded. But I'm just like... You separated this team. You broke this team up. To have them still tag together. It makes no sense. You keep them as a tag team. You say, okay, well, we have tag teams in the tag team division. You break them up. You just go, uh, we lose the tag team. We lose, we lose contenders. Titus O'Neil wants to hurt uh, wants to hurt the business. <laughs> he is. He's hurting the business. He wants to join the hurt business. Uh, and they, they, they beat him up. It reminds me of the time he wanted to join the New Day. And it's just like, this guy can't catch a break. Where the fuck is Titus Worldwide? Where's Apollo Crews? Where's Dana Brooke to help manage him? He has not been the same. So they beat him up to say, hey, Titus works here. That's why we drafted him. What's he going to do? Nothing. There's nothing. I see. I don't see them doing anything with that guy. <sighs> Trying to think. Then they end... Uh, Randy Orton in the in the Hell in a Cell, just talking, just talking, talking segment to end Monday Night Raw. The Drew McIntyre goes. They have a face to face, and he brings out the bolt cutters, breaks his way in, and they stare at each other. At what point did you look? watch Raw or listen to me talk about Raw and say that's the guy they're building up 
as your next big star. That's your next top baby face. I told you Keith Lee loses to Braun. So they made him, you know, him and Matt Riddle. You can easily build these guys up as your next top guys. For the one for the WWE title, one for the US title. You know, I know I know the New Day has you know, they, they were like Kofi beat Sheamus. I don't talk about new stars. Who is your next top guy? Listen, Drew's beating Randy at Hell in a Cell. But who's next? Who's the next rival? Who's the next good guy rival to face Drew? Like Keith Lee was. Who's the next top heel that's going to face Drew after Randy? I don't know. There's there's just too many heels and not enough guys to root for. There's not. Even back in the day, even Attitude Era. I hate to use that, but Attitude Era, you had Rock, Austin, Mankind, the Hardys. Like, you had... A bunch of people to root for. And they would win. That was the point. They would win. They were made to look like stars. And you said. That's my favorite. He doesn't disappoint. He wins his matches. And if he doesn't. And he loses. He always comes back. Keith Lee has beaten Randy Orton. And Dolph Ziggler. Since joining the main roster. And he hasn't done anything since. Been DQs after DQs. Who's the group that's going to fight the Hurt Business or fight Retribution at Survivor Series? Who? Because you know that's coming next, Survivor Series. Who's the next top guy that's going to face Bobby Lashley? At least if you had Keith Lee and, and... Matt Riddle racking up wins. You could say, oh, they're going to be next in line for a title shot. But you you so often get disappointed on Raw. Hold on. You get so, so disappointed that it's just like, well, who, who do I root for? The first segment had nine heels fighting each other. There aren't that many baby faces on Monday Night Raw that they have to make they have to force someone to turn baby face like Bray that's the difference like I said an easy fix would have been turn AJ good you could plug him in as a good guy anytime no problem, but they're going a different route, so we'll see. Hopefully things change. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, don't know when the next episode is. Kept saying hell in a cell, but I 
just keep finding things to talk about more and more often. So, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.